Welcome back to the swamp, everybody. This is the Ogre in the Ass podcast. Alrighty, yep. Wave hello to everybody. Okay, so you know, some days, Eric, you know, we we try to figure out like what topics do we want to talk about when we get up here because we have a plethora we can choose from. But if there's one, we've definitely just spent hours way before we even thought of a podcast. What we talked about for hours were strong badass female characters and how they're represented in movies and which ones are done right and which ones are done wrong. So, okay, so Eric, for me, I got to, you know, we, I guess the proper way of going about this is that maybe we should list some of our top favorite, like female badass characters. Females! <laughs> okay, of course, I think we all know the one that we would both pick. And for me, that's going to be Ripley from Alien. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, just the Alien series. So, I I love her. That's amazing. Uh, so, Jorney Weaver, Weaver places her, and she just kills the role. She's the goat. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that is, like, yeah, that is the original <laughs> badass female character and just, you know, stays taking Ws. Now, I think for me, what, separ- what separates her from so many others, even in today's films, um, and this is my biggest thing. I'm going to get it off my chest now early on. My biggest thing is that she never has to say, I'm a strong female. She never has to say that at any point in there. That's she true. never has to say, I can do what you can do, or I'm just as strong as you, or nothing. You know what she does? She just goes out and she does it. Exactly. She's <laughs> about her business. Exactly. <laughs> she doesn't need to, I don't got to sit here and explain to you I'm a badass bitch. I'm exactly. just going to go be one. And check this out. She is a every man's person slash, yeah, yeah woman. Think about it too. And her whole crew is also. The main goal is she's just a regular junk harvester. She goes to ships. Mining, she, yeah. Mining, she gets whatever she needs, and then she harvests the junk to somebody else and sells it off. That's her big shtick. And so it's funny when a nobody technician on a junker is the main hero. To be honest, when I was a kid watching that movie, Alien, the first one, my first thought was, okay, she looks like an off-screen person to be, you know, to be killed. But as the movie goes on, I'm like, oh, wait, she's like one of the very last ones alive. <laughs> she's the most badass one. And I think what, what's so great about it, what makes her so badass is that she takes L's throughout the movie. Oh, yeah. No. She gets hit, burnt by the acid. Like, yeah. she takes L's. She, she gets attacked. Yeah, yeah. There is no coming back. <laughs> I, I don't know. This is weird. Yeah. No, like she, she, you know, she takes some L's throughout the movie, but she keeps overcoming them. Yeah. I think what I hate is, especially today, what seems to happen with supposedly supposed or at least those who are supposed to be strong female characters is that it's either throughout the whole movie they're like i can do anything you can do and then they just go out and say okay man like this isn't even fun like i don't know like don't talk about it be about it exactly right? like we're from california to come show us state exactly <laughs> come show me your struggle right, right? exactly your story or i think it's on the other side of the spectrum where they're just like wimpy and useless throughout most of the movie but then like at oh, the you end mean, you mean the princess trope yeah but then it's yeah, like yeah. at the end they're the badass like no like another good one princess leia that because you said princess trope guess what she was a princess but she picked up a blaster like oh, everyone yeah. else and you know what's funny <laughs> she was talking the most shit in that movie she did she but was it most wasn't reckless. like rep- it wasn't like oh my gosh how dare her talk down on people no it was like that's who she is she's the princess she's royalty she's also the leader of the rebellion one of the leaders but she wasn't afraid to talk shit to another dude exactly and or pick up a blaster right next to him and take up arms exactly and also too how about a quick shout out to mon mothma the redhead with the white gown in episode six of return of the jedi the the, the leader of the rebellion (laughs) Mm -hmm. she's literally a female she's kind of off screen doing her own thing but george lucas is like i like the female trope you know he didn't do politically you know he just did it because he wanted to and that's what they're missing today with females just do it without trying 
Right. And that's that's the thing is you don't make it look too hard. Like, uh, like you seen that there was um Please don't be a shitty movie. No, it's going to be. That's, that's my point. <laughs> what is it? Terminator Dark Fate with, oh. with the butch female? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like you, you, you're so badass that I can't. I can't work with you. Right, you're, you're trying so hard to tell me you're a badass that it just doesn't work. And I'm the same way with dudes. I don't want that to come across. Okay. Yeah, um, okay, can I right. this? I think this is Schwarzenegger goes- Commando. Badass, but he still struggled. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, it's... I, I think this way with guys, too. If you have to tell everyone you're a badass... You're probably not a badass, right? Yeah. It's that form of peacocking to intimidate people to get some form of respect or likability and whatever. And it's just all, it's BS. Like if you have to tell everyone you're the badass, I'm immediately thinking you're probably the biggest bitch. (laughs) 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 That's just the first thing I think. You're a tryhard. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I I agree. So I'm going to say you should name off a few. Sarah Connor from the Terminator series. The first two. I'm not naming the rest of the shit. Well, she was the the, <laughs> the big butch one you were talking about, weren't you? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No, no Sarah right. Connor, yeah, the main female. Oh, that's right. The one who one. gave birth to yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the, Sean the golden Connor? child. Yeah. yeah, Sean Connor. Oh, that's Sean Connor. Yeah, uh, yeah, Sarah no, Sean Connor. Connor. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, Sean. Rest in peace. <laughs> Sean. <laughs> not Sean Connor. But you know what I mean. Junior. <laughs> Junior. Okay. But, uh, okay, Sarah Connor... From a from a Terminator, and then was the Ripley from Aliens one and two. I mean, the rest are decent. They were good, but she was always the same character. Yeah, yeah. And good. then there was Princess Leia, you know, in the Star Wars series. She was always good. And there was two more. Oh, uh, Xenon, remember her? Xenon, yeah, from the nineties. Oh <laughs> my, <laughs> that chick. <laughs> <laughs> she always had that cool little sound effect come out of her mouth before she went to battle. She was she was she was like an offshoot from the Hercules show. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was really badass. She was a she was from um I forgot what she was from, but she was I from never the watched show. it. But I understand what oh, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. My family loved that shit. And then <laughs> Xenon, it was the fifth one. Give me a fifth one, Tom. It was the fifth oh, one. Oh boy, I'm drawing a blank. I think there's man, there's probably quite a few out there too. I, well, let me put it this way too. It's not always just an action movies. I should say that. Um, Man, Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. A lot were female cast. I like that. I don't know. For some reason, the Asian community knows how to make good movies. No. That, yeah. It's, it's Yeah. They easily do. Yeah. Like, it's whether it's well, like, I don't know. I don't want weird. it to be misconstrued that we're saying only in action movies. Just so you know, yeah. you can represent as your badass in a way in a movie that doesn't even require yelling. Yeah. It's a way of how you carry yourself. Like, that's a strong female character yeah, to like, me. Yeah, like that, uh, the Asian chick. Remember uh, how her husband in, in Crazy Rich Asians was cheating on her because he was so downtrodden that like, she was rich and he was just some poor military oh, yeah. dude. And, and yeah. she was just like, I'm not going to change for you. No, you changed for me because I've been very loyal to you. Right. I was like, end, See, that's empowerment. When she flexed herself and yeah, she, she realized who she is, yeah. she she became a bad bitch at the end of it. No, I'm that, all about that. Yeah, because before I'm that, she was always that. hiding her jewelry and stuff, trying not, trying not to look rich. Like, look, you're a humble person, so it's okay for you to look rich. You can Diana, you know, you can be Princess Diana all you want to. It's fine. And she finally accepted herself as being a rich, privileged person, which was good. That's female empowerment and crazy rich Asians. I recommend watching it. Great, great movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. For me, it always just goes back to like that, that funny saying we mentioned earlier, don't talk about it, be about it. Yeah. But I, I don't think that only applies, obviously, to just strong female characters. It goes to anybody and anything. Uh, but especially in that, because today I think it's getting so downtrodden with a lot of like, oh, I don't mess with me or I can do this and that. Just I can do anything you can do. Okay. Can you catch these here's, here's the Here's my thing about it is I don't care when people talk their crap. In a game, right? Like, whatever. I was a rugby player. And I always knew it was the loudest rugby player. Like, if we, it doesn't matter if it was during practice or in a game. It's always the loudest one I was the least scared of. Because he didn't scare me then. Because I knew what he was doing. 
It's a mental thing. You're trying to scare everyone and hoping that they won't mess with you. And no, that's just not a thing. It's not real. You're trying to intimidate them. It's called like everyone, if you're, if you're confident in what you're doing, you're always quiet because you don't need to talk. You don't need to know, oh, I'm about to beat your ass or I'm about to win this game or I'm about to like, I'm about to flex who I am. You don't need to talk about it because your actions are going to say it and everyone's going to know the feeling. All right. Everyone's going to know when you're on screen or when you're on the field or whatever it is in life or whatever it might be that when you show up and how you carry yourself, like that's the person who owns the room, the, the film, the uh, whatever, you know, because uh, again, when you get Ripley from Alien up on screen, she owns the film. Yeah. Yeah. So she is alien. Yeah. I just don't like how things are being done now. So. It's, just, it's bad. You know, it's funny, you know, a little, little, little off tangent. There was actually a, a statistic going around that the Japanese manga comics are overtaking American Western comics. So My Hero Academia, uh, Baruto, whatever, you know, manga you people really read. I don't read manga because, you know, the anime is out, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, is out. They compare compare that to the Spider-Man comics, the X-Men comics, the super, the Superman comics, Batman comics that Marvel and DC are doing. They're being overshadowed because mm-hmm. they're all shit. <laughs> well, anything the West does now is shit. Well, but the East, Japan, they know how to do empowerment. They know how to do good storytelling. They know how to make the audience really enjoy what they're watching and be invested in it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's a, that's a shout out to our Japanese fans out there. We Did see you. We have them? <laughs> Not yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> Probably on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> yeah, so, and I think there's a lot to be said with that. So, if we kind of want to step out of the realm of, the realm of film and just kind of talk about the confidence, right? We've mentioned confidence quite a bit on, on these podcasts, and it's about how you carry yourself. Um, and I, it really... I'm going to kind of talk about this for the listeners who might feel that they they don't really vibe with this, right? That they're like, well, I don't really know what it's like to be confident or do I have to fake something? Like, I think we've all heard of, you know, fake it till you make it. Which sounds miserable every time I hear it. Really? That sounds miserable. <laughs> fake it till you make it. Like, gosh, I don't want to hate my life. Well, you know, so I actually have funny, like a story, a story with that. So my cousins and I were walking through the Bellagio Hotel at, down in Las Vegas. And I was like 15 years old at the time. And. I don't remember where we were, like in the hotel itself, but I remember we had gotten, we went through this hallway. I guess we weren't supposed to go through. Um, so we went through and then we start seeing like, we were getting these weird looks at us. And I'm pretty sure it was either security. I could have sworn it was security or possibly someone's bodyguards, but I'm not for sure. Well, anyway, we're walking through and we can tell like we're kind of getting stared at. And my cousin's like, I don't think we're supposed to be over here. And I just remember I looked at her and I said, walk as if though you are supposed to be here. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that confidence that we had, we were able to walk through. And then we actually found the, we got to the other end where there was like a barrier keeping people out. Like, oh, yep. We weren't supposed to be here. We just got under and left. (laughs) (laughs) Chest out. Yep. Chest out. But we, we just, we held that about us. We looked forward. We kept talking to each other. We didn't like act suspicious. It was a fake it to make it moment. But the confidence that you, that you, uh, that we carried, that we portrayed that we had, just showed like, oh, they know what they're doing. Okay, that's what I'm talking about when I see these badass female characters. And it's not just female, it could be literally anybody. It doesn't matter. How do you carry yourself and how do you let people treat you? One thing about Ripley, she you could tell, it's almost as, as if though they wrote her that she didn't want to be the main character. But just because of circumstances and how she holds herself. The reluctant she, hero. Yeah. yeah. But she is going to do what she needs to do. 
and she's gonna she's not gonna stop. Yeah. And to me, that speaks fathoms. She didn't have to go around pounding her chest saying, "I'm the main character." You know what you know what I mean by <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, it was just a, a circum uh, a situation came up, a certain circumstance, and she rose to the occasion. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. And that's how I think we naturally we define people who are leaders, confident, badasses, whatever you want to label them as. And so for me, I think films need to lean back towards that. I was like, stop with this talking shit. We can talk all day. I can sit here and say, man, I can go to the OC and mess everyone up right now. It ain't true. It not, it's not remotely true. <laughs> and that's not a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? Everyone's going to know. And everyone watching this will know like, yeah, he's full of shit. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But when someone, and I just love this because he's to this day, he's still one of my favorite fighters. When Anderson Silva walked into the cage he put on a show in the cage, but you could tell the second he walked in, everyone understood like that's royalty. Yeah. You understood that was the best fighter in the world during that time. During his prime, oh, it wasn't even close. Oh yeah, he was God tier. <laughs> yeah. And I still think he can he could debatably I mean, people want to talk about Bruce Lee, and of course we'll never know for sure. It's kind of like a LeBron James and Michael Jordan moment. Well, but I say for Bruce Lee's weight class thing. Fine, but I don't know. For me, I think Anderson Silva in his prime would go down as the as the GOAT fighter. And it was because during that, like, yes, he talked a lot to mess with his op opponent, but he was so humble outside of the camera, outside yeah. of the cage. He was very humble. He yeah. didn't need to beat his chest saying, no one can touch me. I'm it. I'm the shit. Don't, yeah. don't at me. Don't look at me wrong. Yeah, like, there's Anderson Silva, then there's like... Brock Lesnar and every other fight <laughs> and every other fighter out there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just think we're missing that now. I think people are have to everybody wants to be Muhammad Ali or Larry Bird and talk their shit. Which mm -hmm. is fine. I mean, we, you know, it's always good to have those outliers, but just be the best you, humble. People I, I like humble, you know. Well, yeah, it's the yeah. silent professional for me. Yeah. So actually, you brought up Muhammad Ali. I think that's a really good thing because he was not quiet. That <laughs> nope. man talks shit, and it, as he should. At the same time, too, I think it's what was needed. Of course, obviously, he represented the black community in such a strong way. He oh, needed yeah. to be loud and vocal. He needed to get up there and say, there's not a white man that can whoop me. Yeah. Why? Because during that time, that's what was needed. They needed to show, like, the best fight right now is black, and he's not just winning. He's whooping ass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't, uh, that's that's my thoughts on that. Like maybe there are times to be a little more loud and outspoken about it, but you know, I don't. I just feel like the person who carries themselves uh, just walks in there. Oh, like look at Mike Tyson. I know we're using a lot of fighters because that's just. I think that's the best representation of like a badass. Yeah. That's just very natural for us to think about. Uh, but Mike Tyson, when he got into the ring, he was quiet. He just stared down his opponent. He just stared them down. Yeah, stared them down. Think about eating them, their kids, their oh, family. Boy. Yeah, that's that's a whole other thing. <laughs> eating their ears. A after oh boy, that man had that man had an appetite, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and yes, afterwards he talked to shit, but you could tell the moment it was time to, to to sack up to get into the ring, he was quiet. Why? Because loud words don't mean anything. You don't scare. If someone tries to yell at me, I'm not going to get scared by him. But it's the person who is just very calm in what they do. And they're still going to engage you. I'm like, oh, like he know he's confident. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> Only confident people, <laughs> like, or I should say this, like people who know what they're doing are always confident in what they're about to do. So if they're about to whoop your ass and they're st they're quiet, you better be careful. I know, right? <laughs> you better watch watch, out. watch a piece and what, cues. What's he know? <laughs> what does he know? <laughs> uh, you know, um, I was thinking about going back to uh, Ripley. Remember how in uh, Aliens, the second one. 
where she meets the um, the Marines, the Colonial Marines. Yeah. And they're all about hoorah, gun, all that bullshit, being loud, beating their chest. And she's yeah. telling them, hey, look, I've done this before. You don't want to mess with these people, these aliens. They're not what you think they are. They're not easy. They're not sweet. They wouldn't mm-hmm. listen. So she reluctantly goes with them to survey the situation and try and help them out. And then everything turns to hell. You know, the whole squad, most of the squad gets taken out. And it's just, I remember uh, towards the end of that movie of Aliens, me and you, our reaction when she says the line. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, we so, won't get into that. Let's not get into that. <laughs> but that line where, yeah. She's in the mech suit, and she sees the queen. And the queen, you know, is trying to get the little girl. She says, get away from her, you son of a bitch. And we yeah. go, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's uh, a strong female right there. Uh, right? Because that's what I think that's what everyone wants. Everyone wants to be the person. Like, okay, look at that right there. They didn't need to fake anything. It wasn't like she went fisticuffs with that big alien, right? (laughs) Like, you know, and somehow she magically found this strength to go toe-to-toe with an alien. No, she had to jump in a make suit. Yeah. She almost had her shit rocked. And that's the best part. You see their flaws and them overcoming it, but in a way that's more poetic and relatable. Not in a way of, I have this flaw, but I'm still going to win. Like, it just plot makes me win. Yeah, that's like that's why people like... You know, the Ray Skywalker or Captain Marvel don't do as well, and not even just not just the box office, but just like people's like minds and hearts, because there's no, there's nothing triumphant about them. When I watch a movie, when I read a book, whether it's Harry Potter, you know, defeating Lord Voldemort, whether it's uh, you know, let's say uh, what's the name, Arwen, is it defeating the Witch King and Return of the King? I hope I got that right. Yeah, it's Arwen, not Eowyn. Is it Eowyn? I don't remember now. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching, I've read the books and saw the movies. But anyway, you want to see a struggle there. If you don't see a struggle, you're not invested at all. It's not relatable. I can't. Okay. And this is one of those things for me where it's, I need to know, like, could I be in that situation? That's what everyone loves to do. People love the feeling of, like, what would I do in that situation? Or could I do that? Yeah. And so, again, if it had been a moment, let's just say she didn't get in the mix and she's like, no, I'm throwing hands with this alien. And she somehow started winning. Yo, movies now would do that. Oh, I know. I absolutely know. I absolutely know. (laughs) Or it's like, well, how is she winning? It'd be like, because plot. That's why. Right. Like, there's no thing about it. It's okay to get help and still be a badass. You can get helped and still be a badass. Um Boy, I know I'm using like a lot of male figures, I guess, but like I think of Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who during the 70s, 80s, and 90s, you could debatably say was the most dominant man, I guess, portrayed. I know. Uh, I'm not saying he was like, as far as fighting, not at all, but he was definitely seen as an alpha yo, male. Yo, he was the Terminator, oh, Conan the true. Barbarian. <laughs> all right. We're not talking about his acting. <laughs> I show some respect. Put some respect on my name. <laughs> the governor of California. Gosh. Um, no, but for him, like I look at that. And I, you know, you see someone who is this alpha male, perceived alpha male, just because of what he did, moving here from Austria, becoming as big as he did, especially in bodybuilding. But he'll always say, like, I was never a self-made man. He couldn't have done it by himself. And he says that, too. It's okay to be a badass and have a support group. You can be a badass and have a support group, not be a lone wolf and think I can take on any challenge. That's not even realistic. Yeah. Name one person. Let's honestly, for our uh, for our listeners or viewers, if you have someone that you think was the lone wolf, not on film, let's talk about real life. A lone wolf, but they are just a badass. They're, they are a self-made man, proclaimed self-made man or woman. Please leave that in the comment section. I, I will really go and I will do my research on it. Because I want to see, like, there's no way. There's no way you become an, a badass person in any form of the way 
by yourself. Oh, yeah. It's, just, it's not a thing. Oh, yeah. There's always somebody there. He has a mentor to help you, whether it's your yeah. parents, grandparents, you know, whoever. There's someone there helping you become that badass. Yeah. You're not born into this badass. So, yeah. I hate that. I hate that term self-made. Yeah. No. I hate it so bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can make the argument, oh, well, I made the idea, like Nikola Tesla. You know, I made the idea, so therefore it's mine. But you still need people to help you build this shit. Because you're not going to mass produce your ideas to the world. You know, we could get into that too, know? honestly, in that. Like, <laughs> you just brought Nikola Tesla. Okay, so Nikola Tesla, I'm not going to act like I know everything about him. But everyone says, for, so Thomas Edison, the man who created the light bulb, vast majority of his work came from Nikola Tesla. Uh, and everyone's like, well, he's just like the, he's the guy who really just rode the back of Nikola Tesla. Or he stood on the shoulders of giants. And he's right, like. Nikola Tesla probably did most of the work, okay? But the issue is he didn't make the light bulb. That's yeah. me. That's for me. That's my argument. You can sit here and say, well, he Thomas Edison only did this because of this. Great. But guess what? He did it. He was the first to do it. And then now, he had, has produced Had Tesla had the light bulb and Thomas was like, oh, I'm going to take that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I'm like, yeah, that was theft. But at this point, like, no, that wasn't theft. I think it took him over a thousand tries to make the light bulb. That's, I don't, I've heard that several times uh, from Various motivational speakers, too. Over a thousand times to make it. So clearly this man put in work. Okay, yeah. so he didn't have the research or he wasn't the man who came up with all the science and research. Okay, but he's a man who tried a thousand times and made something we are all using every day. I'm using four in this room right now. Yeah. So that's cool. Nikola did most of the work scientifically, but yeah. he didn't make the final thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and going back to being self-made, he also had, you know, a lot of people help him out, you know. Like I said, mass producing these bulb lights to, you know, the United States, then the world, that's not easy to do. You need a team for that. Yeah. So, yeah. You can't, I don't know, there, to me, there's nothing wrong riding on the back of the shoulders of giants if you yeah, go on yeah. to create something yeah. even more. So, that's my take. So, I don't look yeah. at Thomas Edison like, oh, he's a thief, or I try to discredit him in that way of like, oh, all his work came from Nick, like from Tesla. I was like, eh. Mm. I mean, I do my best to be objective, but I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm not going to shit on Edison for giving us the light bulb. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, no. I'll give credit where credit's due. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> look what we're using. But anyway. <clears throat> well, so Eric, I guess going into this a little more talking about what makes someone, you know, <laughs> what's that term? I, I've been seeing this a lot on like memes and stuff where someone's like out on the dance floor and they're just having fun. And they're like, man, that person's the main character in their story. I think a lot of people, do we go through lives and do you feel like you're the main character in your story? Or do you feel like you were just the support character for someone else? Look at every anime or any like cartoon video, whatever Beeps. movies, <laughs> any sort of like series. And of course there's supporting actors and then there's the main character. And in your life, do you consider yourself a main character or do you feel like your life is just fulfilled supporting someone else? And I don't mean support as in just financially. You know what I mean? I mean, support like you never really get your moment. Uh, what's a good, let's think I of mean, something like. I, I guess it's weird because, you know, some of you brought that up. I do think about that from time to time because, you know, I enjoy, you know, every now and again reading a book, whatever. I used to read a lot more years ago, but I remember thinking to myself, like you just said, if, I, if, I, if I'm a character, you know, am I the main character or side character? That's a good question. And for me, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And so within the Star Wars universe, you know, I used to read a lot of their books. There is, uh, you know, the big three, Han, Luke, and Leia. But then there's all the background characters. And, you know, everyone is in the Star Wars universe from either from Kashyyyk to Coruscant to Tatooine, everyone in the background has a story to tell. Now, how much spotlight is put on it? 
It's solely up to the writers, of course, but every character you see in the movies, chances are they have a story. And so I think of myself not as the big three in the real world, but as one of those background characters, like in episode four, New Hope, the cap, the uh the Cantina scene. There's all those little crazy characters in the background. I'm, and I'm, you just think you're one of them? Yeah, there's one of them. But they, all, but if you look at the books prior to Disney buying it out in the Legends books, they all have their own story. They're there for a reason. You know, they're all, they are all there. And so I think I'm one of those characters. And I'm okay with that. For me, you know, my pride's fine. I don't need to be, you know, Luke the main Skywalker character. And the main character. I just want to make sure that I do enough, put enough impact on the universe, whether, you know, the Star Wars universe or in this real world, this real world universe that I'm doing something of significance, which every character in Star Wars in the background does. Yeah. And they did the same thing with episode seven, Force Awakens, where there's a book about all the characters and the, you know, was it the Maz, you know, little red girls, mm-hmm. Cantina. Every character gets the same treatment. There's, there's backgrounds on them. Yeah. And so that is in my opinion. I'm I'm the background character who does major things, but off screen, you don't see about it because it's just I'm not the main person. I'm not Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. Well, I don't think it's all about prestige. I don't think to be the main character, you have to be a multi-billionaire. I think to be the main character, it's about taking ownership. Yeah. Can you, t- you take ownership of your own life? In my own to universe, me, yeah. Yeah, like in what you can affect, right? Like, I don't know, for me... And I guess we're going a little bit like what Joe Rogan talks about. So Joe Rogan has this motivational little bit that he gives people. Like, let's just say your your life's a movie and it starts right now. Are you that like the loser in the beginning of the movie? And how like how do you end it? How do you gonna end the movie? Like right now, just imagine cameras are always following you. So kind of putting it that way, like all of our all of our lives are written in the book of time, right? That's our story. And in your story, that portion, that very small portion in the book of time, what is it that yours says? And how were you, did you act? Now, I'm not saying being a supporting character doesn't mean you don't go out and do charity work for others or that you always have to be selfish, but it's about taking ownership. It doesn't matter what it is. You don't have to be a multi-billionaire. You could literally be like a very, very humble person who makes next to no money, but in your life, you take ownership. That which is when I go out and do things, like I'm doing what I want to do, right? Like I'm not, not wasting my life doing things other people want. So I know someone right now, he just wants to live off a very small income his whole life and he wants to buy cars, like be able to save enough money every year to buy one car and give it to a family in need. That's what he wants from his life. To him, that brings fulfillment. Yeah. And doing that, he's becoming the main character of his story. Why? Because he's dictated his morals and what he wants from himself and from everyone around him. How he's going to be treated and how he wants to treat others. He's dictated that. Now, just because it's not in in glamour, it's not in lights, like it's not what everyone wants to hear. Yeah, it's not the red carpet. Right? It's yeah. not the red carpet. But he's taking full ownership. He knows his morals and ethics and what he wants from life. And that's what he's doing. And to me, he is the main character in, in his life. Yeah. Because he's not bowing down. And, but and I, Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and I think with his story, you know, regardless how big or small he shines, he's going to stick out more because he, he's more unique of a side character. Like, huh, that's a really random goal to have. But it, it, yeah. that puts more interest in his character as you as the reader or you as the viewer watching him in real life, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing, too. It's it's one of those, of course, like he's not going to be in the, in the limelight. But when you meet him, you won't forget it. Obviously, oh, yeah. this is what I'm, that's why he's we're talking about it on the podcast now. And I think that's amazing that you will find those people who are out to do something amazing and then they, but they don't want the light for it. And I think that's even harder to find too, because who doesn't want to get some recognition? Yeah. It's like a little bit is healthy for you. Maybe yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyway, no, that's, I don't know. Like, 
I guess the way of describing like, how do you know if I'm, how do you know if you are not the main character in your own life story? And that being said to me is, are you actually living a life you want? Don't tell me I'm happy with what I have. I want to know, is it what you want? There's a difference. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> that's honestly, it's funny you say that again, because I don't know. For me, I do, I, I do um, think to myself when people talk about, you know, their marriage or, you know, their relationship, you know, uh, their job, whether this, if they went to college or not, you know, my thought is, are you happy? In my mind, I don't tell this in real, in, you know, real life, I don't care to. But in my mind, when they tell me about their goals and what they've accomplished, I always have to think to myself, are you happy? Because me and you have ran through a lot of people who have been married, gone to college, and whatever else in life has just said, you're not going to be happy because of insert reasons. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just, like you said, are you happy? Well, and I, I don't think it's always happiness. Because here's the thing. Right now, like, you and I aren't – like, we definitely don't live by what people would consider a dream life at all. Not even oh, close. Yeah. You can tell how poor we are by our wall. Look how barren <laughs> this is. But can we be happy with it? Yeah. We, oh, yeah. 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 Oh. Does that – but does that mean that this is the life we want? No. And that's why I'm saying the main character is always going after what they want. Yeah. Right? They're doing what they want. And so we can learn to be happy in very humble circumstances. Anyone can. And I think it's a good skill. It's a good skill to first come to terms with where you are, but then ask yourself, is this what I want? I am happy where I am, but is this where I want to be? And those are two different distinct things that you need to figure out. And I think that's where you become, where you start finding, like, finding out that you are the main character. Yeah. Um, I know that happened for me in my life. Uh, boy, it's probably just been the last couple of years now. I've decided to take the reins and be the main character. Hence, one of the things we do now is a podcast because yeah. we said we were going to do it. We wanted to do this. We wanted to get out. We wanted to do something we've never done. Yeah. We're not out there. We don't have millions of listeners. No, Thank no. you. Shout out to the listeners we do have, though. We I really know. Appreciate it all. <laughs> but here's the thing. We, we enjoy doing it. this. Yeah. We enjoy the small community we have around us and being able to serve them and talk to them and engage with them and being able to grow from there. That's what we chose to do, and that's what we wanted to do. So I don't know. I think I could go on that forever because it's it's something that people get trapped in almost a happiness trap. And I know that sounds so silly. You know, you know, it's, you're right, especially in Western cultures. You notice that? Ooh, oh, you, you're, you're good. good. You're okay. Good. <laughs> All right, but you notice that, Tom? If you ever talk to a foreigner, which luckily I've been blessed enough to travel around the United States, talk to a lot of people, people from Turkey, people from uh, you know Africa, people from all around the world in the United States. The Southern folk, too. And people who are the happiest are the people who do without. People in the South are more happy than people on the West and East Coast. You know, people in, you know, far parts of Europe, you know, like Ukraine or people in Africa, they're a lot happier than us because they don't have all this noise, all this capitalism, all this stuff that you don't need. And then you because then you make it this 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 thing in your mind where it's like, I need this nice new car. I need this nice big house. I need a six figure income from, you know, from a man or a woman, which, you know, it's important, guys. Don't you know, it's good. Be successful. But just the Western culture is so disconnected from what makes you really happy. And being honestly being libertarian slash minimalist at heart, like Thomas said, I can do without. I don't need a lot of things. I just need a few things and I'm happy. That's it. I'm happy with you. So here's my thing about the happiness trap of what I call it. And people are going to say, like, th there's probably people rolling their eyes. Okay. And this is why. I know this is going to sound a little outlandish. Because what, what I'm saying is. You get him. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, I bet if someone pays you a certain amount of money, you would be happy. You have to do a bunch of work for it. Like, I was actually in that situation. Honestly, I could just go for it. Back, back when I worked for Dish Network, where I was getting paid a lot of money, more money than I'd ever been paid. But I, and 
I could have looked at that and just said, oh, like that makes me happy. But I wasn't happy from it. I was doing work that I didn't like doing. It wasn't happiness for me. Now, I was happy when I saw paychecks. <laughs> that was great. But I was not happy with that life. And so that's why, you know, we, I moved to something different because that's what I wanted to go do, at least something I felt more fulfillment from. And of course, I took a huge pay cut, but I was, I was still, and still am much happier since then. So the happiness trap is when someone tries to convince you, oh, if I give you this amount of money or, or if you have this big of a house, uh, and, you know, while you're getting it, you'll be happy and it fades and then you're stuck and you're stuck just like, whoa, like yeah. this isn't what I thought it'd be like. The money was nice. It was. Yeah. But it faded pretty quick when I was losing my mind. I hated my cell phone. I hated it. Whenever it went off, it did not matter. If it went off, I dreaded looking at it because I was like, it's either a really dumbass call I'm about to get or it's a really important call and I got to just have my A game on regardless. <clears throat> and it was just all day, all day it was calls. Or then I'd be getting text messages. It's like, hey, this needs to get done. We need to make sure these get done. We need to make sure these texts are out. I was like, damn, like it just sucked. Get it, get off my nuts. Oh my gosh. And so gosh. don't fall for that happiness trap where you think it's just the money and the certain circumstances because it fades. I think that's with human beings. Uh, that why you always need to be doing what you want and not what just seems to make you happy because it'll only make you happy for a short while. Yeah. And if it's not what you want, that then shit, you will stop being happy. Yeah, that shit is fleeting quick. All right. Yeah. Like, uh, I think the biggest paycheck I ever had, because I worked like a fucking Hebrew slave back in Florida, was, um, I think it was $1,600 paycheck. I was like, this is nice, but I'm just not happy. You know, I was like, ah, just because it's just there's a lot of nonsense going around when it came to work. But I was just like, oh, I wasn't happy. And so, you know, I made the move to Utah from Florida, you know. And that's one thing about, about me. I'm weird. I'll move from... California, Idaho, Georgia, Utah, whatever. I like to get around. I don't like to stay in one place for too long because yeah. I'm not too happy if I stick around for too long. Like yeah. Thomas said, you know, just get out there. Like and a crackhead. You got to bounce. Exactly. I got to bounce, man. <laughs> like my check. Bounce. <laughs> but yeah, but I don't know. That, that's just my thoughts on that. Just happiness. It's just, I don't know. For me, I've noticed something about me. I'm weird. And you probably feel the same way. But I felt more happiness when I was working with, you know, the youth in Florida and, in, you know, idea here in Utah, whatever. I, like, I enjoyed that, too. But I was more happy being in the trenches with those kids than being in leadership. Oh, I hated it in Florida. Yeah. And I didn't want to hear a fuck all about those people had to say about leadership because they were all ass as fuck. But I loved talking to those kids and all their stupid drama. Yeah. You know, being in the trenches with your men is a lot more fun than being in up above with the higher and, up and do nothing. And that is something I can just say. Yeah. If you, uh, unless you're a pedophile, don't go work with kids. Yeah, no, right. Um, but yeah, if you're a pedophile, stay away. And uh, <laughs> Must it be said? <laughs> yeah. Actually, if you're a pedophile, come see us. Come to the swamp. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, no, that's something too, is if you really are looking for fulfillment in your, in your life, I recommend, well, if you're in the position to be able to do so, what we did is that we left our jobs. And we went to go work with kids and troubled teens because it was backgrounds we could relate with. And it taught us a lot. And I'm not going to lie to this day. I'll still pick working with kids over adults any day. Of oh, the week. hell yeah. Any day of the week. I mean, I'd be wanting to fight adults on site um, when I see them. Um, here's the thing. A kid, when a kid's dumb, it's like it's a kid. Like, yeah, you know. Exactly. Like, they're they're being a kid. Yeah, they're going to be when rebellious. When an adult's dumb, it's like, you did that shit for a reason. Right, you're you, not retarded. No, you were, you were a jackass or you said some sly shit for a reason. And that's where I stand with that. So that's why with adults, I have like, I was even talking to a therapist about it. 
And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm way meaner to adults than I am the kids. And it kind of goes off like, well, yeah, they're kids. Like, oh, no, 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 no. These aren't just regular kids. Some of them have bad behavioral issues. Oh, Some yeah. of them have threatened to kill me. I've been threatened to be killed. And guess what? I still pick those kids over, <laughs> right? over the adults. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, it's its own thing, man. So, yeah. man, well, yeah, we really strayed off topic a bit from I mean, strong yeah, female yeah. characters. But I think it led to a good place. I think it led, again, to being the, the main badass character in your own story. Exactly. Be your own Harry Potter. Or Hermione Granger. All right. <laughs> right there. All right. You know, here's the thing. You can have weaknesses and that's okay. Nobody cares you have weaknesses. Everyone wants to see how do you overcome them. That's yep. it. That's what we want to see. Everyone loves the underdog story. No one, honestly, I don't find much respect in people who've never had it hard and whatever they're doing. That's if true. you're seven feet yeah. tall, come from a super athletic family, you damn well better be good at basketball. Right. I ain't going to be cheering your name. I, I expected <laughs> you to be good at basketball. Yeah. But if you're five foot nine and you make it to the NBA, and not only that, you're making ripples when you get there. I think like what was it Jason Kidd's like five ten or something? Like there have been shorter people oh, in the yeah, NBA. Yeah. Who's that short dude from oh, in the nineties? Uh, oh, also in the Space yeah. Jam, like five foot eight. Yeah, still dunking. Well, yeah. he didn't dunk, but he still broke ankles though. Yeah, like that's what I have respect for. Oh yeah, you know. Steph Curry comes in basketball. He was not a, a great three-point shooter. He became one. Well, here's what shocked me about Steph Curry and, the, you know, his whole team, you know, uh, the Warriors. It's an all-light-skinned team. <laughs> <laughs> and the light-skins no. light took it. <laughs> I can't. I can't They took it one. from the dark skins I, from I, Miami. I'm, they I'm, took it from the dark skins down in L.A. They showed the NBA that light-skinned power is a very strong thing. You can say it's okay. No, I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I got to plead the fifth on this one. I can't. Um, golly, for just for PR reasons, I can't say anything. <laughs> but Eric, I like that point of view yeah, that yeah, you yeah, have. Yeah, you're good, good for you for being so strong behind that too. I'm not even light skinned but I appreciate. Can it, I just say that was not where I thought that was going? Oh, which thing was going? I thought you were just gonna say like how the team built itself up during that time, like 2015 and 16. I mean, yeah, that too. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but you just had to go to skin color. I'm just that's impressive. Hey, whatever, man. I'm just saying, <laughs> look, look, look at the lineup, you know, from the dream team up to now. They're always dark skin. Can skins. we not talk about All that? Right. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm having this some light skin representation. <laughs> representation? Wait, are, is this like a movement that needs to happen? I, you know, it really is. And they get enough love. Come on, look at R. Kelly. He light skin. He get away with it. Michael Jackson, light skin. He got away with it. He, Michael Tiger, Jackson Tiger stops being light skinned. He was straight white. Yeah, you're right. He white skinned. <laughs> he went to white. I'm sorry. Right. He got he got an 830 credit score right, right then and there. Don't don't at me with that one. Uh, he, right. he doesn't get a count as light skinned. That guy, yeah. What's the would what Tiger Woods be considered yellow skin? I'm not uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about race. I don't got enough. Here's the thing, I don't have enough credibility to ever talk about race, so I can't do that. All right, fine, fine, fine. Mm -hmm. All right. What are you saying? How though? the hell did we get to race from main character stuff? Here uh, we were. I know we went from females to pedos to light skins <laughs> and dark skins in the NBA. Hey, but that's the point of this podcast, man. We talk about all stuff that comes to mind, stuff that needs to be talked about, damn it. <laughs> stuff you don't need to hear, but you hear anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. <laughs> I mean, if there's anything I can say, and I, you know, it's so hard because we're still in the early stages of every project we're in the middle of. I'm in the middle of three different projects, this being one of them. And it's such the early stages that it can be easy to look at us and say, they have no idea what the hell they're talking about. And maybe to a degree we don't. But I think we know enough of what we don't want. You know, oh, yeah. it's hard to say, like, well, how do you know when you, like, how can you, like, 
Will you be happy when you have a ton of money? I don't know. I don't, I don't get to talk on that because I wasn't there. I was given a lot of money. Or I should say I worked and earned a lot of money and I wasn't happy during the work I was doing. So for the stuff I can't talk on, I, I won't, but for the, I can definitely say what doesn't make me happy. I'm definitely allowed to say like, I've done these things. This didn't make me happy. So this is what I'm doing now. And this is where I'm finding even for now, my happiness from building a project, getting it going. Something like, that you and, do. Yeah. For you taking control. Yeah. Cause I know what it's says. like for people out there, especially we're going all over the place, but especially if we get into mental illness, I think a big part of mental illness, people feel like they don't have control. You don't have control of your mind, your life, your body, whatever it might be. You feel like it is out of control. And to be able to grasp whatever it is and to bring that back to you and give yourself back the power. I know what it's like to think, how could you amount to something in this world? I remember that. I remember laying in bed as a 19-year-old little shit. 19. I'm an, I'm an adult. 19-year-old big shit, but all right. <laughs> 19 years old, laying in bed. I'd been diagnosed with clinical depression. I'd suffered from it for at least nine months straight on that. Just so heavy. Who and, hit you anyway? Huh? Who hit you growing up? Damn, not enough. I guess. <laughs> should have hit the depression out of me. God. But no, it was really nine months at 19 years old. And my mom's such an angel. She is so amazing. Because, I mean, what mom would let a 19-year-old just be able to stay home? But it, it was one of those things. I'm, I mean this. I would be invited to go to friends. I was literally, okay. I was invited to, I should stop saying literally in ways I don't need to, but. Literally, thank you. <laughs> um, I was invited to go to Disneyland to kind of give you the headspace I was in. I was invited to go to Disneyland by a buddy, all expenses paid. They knew the situation I was in and it's like, dude, just come with us. I had obviously nothing going on. I was in such a bad head place. I was laying in bed when I got the call. I looked over at my, at my shoes and I will never forget the feeling that I didn't want to get out of bed so bad, even just to put on shoes. I made up a lie and said, no, I'm sorry, dude. I'm, I'm busy this week. I can't make it. Mm. Wasn't, I, I, I couldn't mentally bring myself to put on shoes. I had no control. And over the last few years now, I've had learned to take that control back, to get myself up when I don't want to, to attack things I don't want to. And that has been probably one of the happiest things. Is there still hard times of depression? Absolutely. It doesn't go away. It follows you. Um, and that being said, like, when you start realizing how much control you actually have in your life, you begin to become more powerful. You begin to become stronger. You begin to become more competent. And then it turns into, well, I actually have this much control. What else do I have control of? And then if you realize like, man, people treat me like shit. Back talk someone one time. If someone calls you a bitch, call them a bitch back. If someone talks about your mom, hit them in the mouth and tell them like, say that shit again. It sets a tone. Yeah. That's, like, actually, that's actually one of our talking points too. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. sets a tone. Yeah. Why? Because I realize now I'm, I am in control of how people are allowed to, to treat me. I'm in control of either you are in my life or you are not. And if you don't treat me right, you are out. Oh, yeah. Every, and everyone, you're not an asshole for doing it. I know I haven't always treated people right. Maybe to this day I don't. I don't know. But if they've removed me, it's because they felt like I wasn't right for their life and more power to them. I've removed people from my life recently. It's because, no, you weren't right for me. I didn't need that in my life. Yeah. No, I, I, shit, you're definitely right about that. I mean... I'm just saying, growing up, I was a bitch boy. I got to the point to where I got bullied so much at you know, the Boys and Girls Club back in uh, Menlo Park that my mom yelled at me for getting my ass whooped. <laughs> she got mad at me. All right. That's a good mama. <laughs> I had low, she is, though. I had low self esteem, you know, you know, just sagging my pants, you know, didn't look like a nobody, you know, like, like, like a somebody. And then I finally just snapped, started, you know, throwing hands and shit, <laughs> getting my ass beat, but that's okay. <laughs> as long as you try, stand as long up for as yourself. You try. Exactly. As long as you feel, try. Because then it feels better. And now, you know, years later, 
you know, whether it's in person or online or at work, people know my opinion on something because I'm not, I'm not going to be they bitch boy, you know, from the Bay Area who was seven years old taking these L's. Like, no. Yeah. And I'm much happier this way. Absolutely. And I hope this doesn't seem like it's getting into like toxic masculinity. It's not. But it's, it is about saying like what is allowed around you and what isn't. Yeah. What is toxic and what's not. Cut out the toxic shit. Cut out the bullshit Something in your I've, life. I've heard this quote once and it, I've tried to make sure I do well by it. Um, and I know maybe I, I haven't always. But it's a quote of when you realize, oh, I guess it's not too much of a quote, but it's more of a principle. When, you, you know, when a buddy comes to you and is like, hey, this person was talking shit. It's like, okay, why did they feel telling you? Why did they feel comfortable telling you? That's a, that should be the first thing that comes to your mind is why did they feel comfortable telling you? Yeah. I don't know. To me, it's like, it seems like you try to play both sides of the fence and you just picked me because you know I'm going to be the winning side. That's it. That's how I take it, right? It's yeah. like you're going between both sides. You know, and this person's talking shit on me. And finally, you're just like, you know, I'll find out. So you came and told me first. That way you seem like the good. I don't know. That's kind of something I look at it. And I try to make sure I don't do that then. Because it's like, no, if you're, especially if you're going to talk shit about people I care about, I'll talk shit about people I care about to their face. Oh, yeah. It's to way their more, face. Way oh, more 100%. Fun. If people yeah. were in this house, you, and oh my, oh my gosh. <laughs> if you guys heard what Eric and I say to each other in this house, <laughs> you would think that we are an abusive couple. Oh, and we're not even a couple. We're just a couple of idiots. Think that. Right. Uh, the we're just roommates. Yeah, yeah, we're just roommates. And people would probably think, damn, they always saying we used to, <laughs> they were always yelling at each other about something. It's not even like it's most time. It's just actual shit talk. It's nothing oh, yeah. ever serious. Yeah. Like me, uh, you know, whooping whoop me ass in the weight loss, you know, bet. Oh, don't even dare. Yeah. You know, that's oh, going to happen. You got more chins than Chinese, <laughs> <laughs> Chinese in the phone book. <laughs> Look at you. Oh, oh dang. I just said a race joke. Look, looking it. like a whole ass swamp. You brought it with you. <laughs> <laughs> it was getting hotter than a swamp up in this piece. You feel me? Is, hey, actually. down in Florida, that was fun, though. Yeah, that was actually. Orlando? Oh, yeah. Bro, swamp. speaking of which, can we just mention real quick how jealous I am? You had that silly little bet about who can get the most likes on Tinder. You get the trannies. I'm, I'm upset. Not my thing. I'm betrayed. Not my thing. Yes, yeah, so Eric and I had a bet, just because everyone knows. I, I can't believe we're on this topic. But we had I this thing. We went no down likes. to Florida. We both got a Tinder. And we both could see everyone who liked us. Mm-hmm. Now, doesn't mean we swiped back on them. Uh, we both got like the, the premium thing for a week just to see like how many likes we get. And I was getting liked by a lot of people who were uh, transgender. And I got all the ugh, duds. Like, and Eric got some weird dudes. I was like, oh, and I was like, hey, man, whatever. I'm okay to laugh, like, laugh about it. Like, I'm not interested, but that's cool. <laughs> Thank you for the support. <laughs> but what you could have done, though, is just liked it my way. That's your thing. I'm not helping you out in your dating game. It's not my fault they didn't pick you. I'm just saying. <laughs> they get a chance to. They saw you. I'm like, dang. It's all right. I didn't get the girls I wanted, so. <laughs> yeah, got jipped. All right. Well, you'll have a second chance. Eventually, we'll go back down. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Um, by this time, uh, we would have already released our, our raffle that's going on. Go ahead and take a look at our Instagram account. We'll leave a link tree link below in the description where you'll be able to find our Instagram link. And you will be able to find our post about our giveaway that's happening. We're giving away a $50 Amazon card and a $25 Amazon card. And we'll be doing that. Uh, and we'll be, well, I should say we'll be picking a winner on Monday. What was that going to be? The 20th? Oh, boy. I forgot now. This, you said, you this said upcoming. Week, you said a week from now, right? Yeah, a week from now. What's today? Dang, I'm an idiot. I don't know oh, why. Right, I, right. I can't even remember. Eric, it's the 9th. You don't got to get on your laptop. It's the 9th today. Oh, okay. so, <laughs> so I'm sorry. So it's going to be the 16th. Okay. Okay, so the 16th is when we're going to pick our winners for the raffle and we'll announce them then. So go ahead. All you got to do, you got to follow us on Instagram, uh, like the the post and tag one person in the comments. That's it. 
to be able to enter the raffle and be selected. So go do that now. Also, if you have time, hit the like button and subscribe button. We see that. We always appreciate it. And we love your guys' comments on there. Uh, man, for the comments we do get, may not get tons of them, but they are funny. I do yeah, like that. I enjoy them. Going through it. So, and, and also, too, real quick, I do want to make sure we I do right by y'all and be more interactive. Because I'm really bad with, like, the work Instagram. I could do my Instagram just fine. But the work one, I'm kind of like, bleh. But I will do my best to be more interactive with the crowd. Because I do enjoy the feedback that Thomas gets as the ogre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eric, we want to make sure the ass gets a little more interactive. Yeah, we know we got some ass people out there. And that's something, too. How many people are team ogre and team ass? That's crazy. Especially in this weight loss thing. Uh, like, I know I'm going to beat your ass at this. No. Hey, just so everyone knows. No. For how big I am. Just to show how fat Eric is underneath his clothes, <laughs> he's only like he's less than forty pounds. I should say this: I'm less than forty pounds away of being the same like weight as him. And for the height difference, That's for true. the size difference, you would think it's more. So Eric, I could see that McDonald's from last week really showing up on. Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> you double the Big Mac. Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, you're hitting with the Rick Ross. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, guys, all right, all right. hey, no, let's just wrap this up on. We're tired of listening to us. This has been such a fun podcast, being able to talk about the topics that come to our mind, stuff we always want to get off our chest. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. But like always, and until next time, stay the hell out of our swamp.